It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic. It's a great day to be a Bruins fan. Oh, it's a fucking day. <laughs> We're recording on April 24th, the day after Game 7. Yes, you're getting a bonus episode this week because... <laughs> <laughs> Playoff round two starts tomorrow. Yeah, so woo! Okay, I've met my objective today. I have bored the boys with organic chemistry talk and how epoxies are inherently unstable and volatile. So woohoo! I'm here with Jeff and Tim. What's up? Seriously, Tim? <laughs> Tim, are you doubling down on the banging on things? Is he trying to morse in? Tim? <laughs> <laughs> so Tim's apparently building a, a house in the background. Um. <laughs> uh, he's building a house or he's, you know, I don't know, um, sending a, a telegram. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> he's morse coding the whole episode. <laughs> Sitting there with a knife and a microphone. Tap, 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 tap. <laughs> Tim, it's so good that you're here. <laughs> I am here. And I was actually excited with my hello into it, too. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, 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 it was just a really emphatic hello, everyone. <laughs> I can tell with the thump, thump, tap, tap, thump. <laughs> I, I honestly don't know what that was. Um, I unplugged my headset, plugged it back in, muted and unmuted myself. So hopefully that fixed the issue that was going on. <laughs> yep, it did. <laughs> All right. Well, hello, Tim. <laughs> hello. First of all, I just I want to take care of this business right away. Last week. When we left, we were we were all over the place on the map, and, and one of us was a little bit more optimistic than the others. But okay, so so the Bruins won Game Six, right? They did. They did. Yes. They did it. And they won Game Seven. Also, yes. Yes. Uh, so, um, what was it that you said, Jeff? Not that I said they'd win six and lose seven. So you know, fucking a. Okay, and, and Tim, what did you say? Uh, I was definitely um, in my feelings a little bit, and uh, I said they would lose game six. Okay. Um, I believe that one of us said they would win game six, and they would win game seven. Yes, VA, you're always right. We know. (laughs) I was fucking right. (laughs) I was right. I was right. I was right. Uh, And it's all because of my Sean Corelli jersey. I also said I wasn't going to watch game six, and it lasted about four minutes into the game. Oh, I didn't even know you were watching it. Oh, Tim. I I lasted about four minutes, and then uh, I was pretty happy at the end of it. And actually, Glenn said, don't lie. You probably watched, didn't you? <laughs> and I was like, yep, I absolutely did. I could not stay away. <laughs> so you said that you lasted four minutes and you're pretty happy, right? Yep. That's what she said. 
that's on a good day. Come on now. <laughs> it's not giving me too much credit. <laughs> it was just a perfect setup for a joke. All right. So, yes, the Bruins won game six, game seven, just like we all thought they would. Right? Just like oh. you thought they would be, eh? Yes, yes, yes. And oh my god, that fucking ice last night was like pristine. They must have redid the ice between game five and game seven. That ice didn't look like it had been skated upon except for like warm-ups before the game. Well, I, also, I also saw something that, or heard something on the radio today, that like the inside was like 20 degrees colder than normal or something like that for the game. So I guess uh I guess Martian kind of complaining about the ice a little bit really helped. Well they played three games on shitty ice. And yes I know both teams have to play on the shitty ice, but you shouldn't have shitty ice. And like the naturally faster team's gonna probably benefit from the shitty ice because they're gonna be fighting it slightly less than a team that's a little more casual in their speed. <laughs> <laughs> casual in their speed is such a great way to put it that's how i'm like describing my life from now on i'm casual in my speed <laughs> so let's just talk about games six and seven real quick okay the bruins won both of them one in toronto that was game six and game seven at boston last night Wow. It was it was a little iffy, game six, because Riley, who spells his name wrong, still, he, uh, you know, despite my yelling at the TV, still st- spells his name incorrectly. He scored first, but then the Bruins took over. Oh, they just, just switched on and started putting on a clinic. Well, it's helpful when you have two power plays in the first. Uh, yes. <laughs> and two of your power play specialists score. Marshy's right off the draw. Oh my god, that one was... People were talking about how Fred Anderson had room for improvement this series. I, that was only one of two goals that Anderson let, let in, and I'm like, oh, he doesn't... He, he, wants that to, he, he wants that one back. The other one was in Game 7. Nordstrom, obviously. But anyway. <laughs> uh, honestly, I'm pretty sure that... It, uh, I. With Anderson, I think most of the goals game set out of the three goals that he gave up, I think he'd probably want all three of them back. Yeah, yeah fair. Anyway, we're still in game six, though. <laughs> yeah, we're still in game six. I know, we like to jump around. What's really funny about the Marshy one, now, I've become accustomed to tune out the play-by-play call now. I'm, I'm getting really good at it. I'm only excited if there's Brian Boucher. He's the only one I listen to. So I missed this call. But apparently, as soon as Marshy got the puck after, uh, on the draw there, Milbury was talking about Marcus Johansson and how he was marshmallow soft. Oh, yeah. As the goal went in. And I was like, oh, I didn't, like I said, I didn't know it. Notice at the time I was, I went back to look at the play again today because you have to do that sometimes. And I was like, oh, I bet Milbury wants to take that one back. Oh, fuck. You know, you know, while listening to this series, taught me, listening to this book, Milbury, it's like, you know, like I think Wyshensky said, it's like he's not so bad in the, as the, as the color guy 
as opposed to being as opposed to on the panel. Oh my God! After the series, I could not disagree. I could not disagree less. He is awful. I, I think it's just not fair to call players Marshmallow soft. Well, generally it's awful. And this particular thing is just like, what the fuck, dude? What, what did, did, did Johansson like run over his kick his dog at some point or something? I don't know, but I think that he enacted his revenge in the next game. We'll get to that. <clears throat> so Krug, oh my God, huge monkey off his back. Power play. Oh cool. yeah. Uh, he needed that because we were even talking about how Krug just didn't look like himself. Well, Krug and DeBrusque, both of them looked like themselves all of a sudden again in Game 6. Yeah, so that's good. Whatever they were going through is 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 gone. Now, an interesting thing, this was after last night's game. Nesson talked to Brendan Carlo. I almost called him Brendan Carl Rissian. So, there we go. So <laughs> Nesson talked to him and he said... That one of the keys to his game right now, uh, not only is just being in the right place at the right time, it's Krug telling him where he wants him to be on the ice, which is fine. Carlo's only in his third year, and this is his first playoffs, and playoffs are crazy. So it's like the intensity is much greater than it is during a regular season game. So the fact that he has somebody, an on-ice mentor, much like he was with with, uh, with Chara, this is great because this means that they're actually working conjunction. So I just wanted to put that in there because we know that Krug has been working through something. It looks like he worked through it, but he's still able to give out the information he needs to his uh, pairing partner. So, So whatever was going on with him, I think he's done with it, but... Carlo's been playing like a beast in the last few games, so credit goes to Krug there, too. So Yeah, Carlo's just been great. I know! I'm so excited! Now, now, I think I need to break this down a little bit for everybody. Everybody knows I have three boys, right? It can be confusing when I shout out, my boy! Right? Because it's like, okay, which one? I mean, very rarely are all three of them doing something you know, so I can go, my boy, my boy, my boy. But, all right, so Brandon Carlo is my boy, original flavor. OG, your boy, yeah. Yeah. Nolachari is my boy, Rhode Island flavor. So he's like a Dell's lemonade or a coffee milk. Oh, yes, he's a coffee milk. Oh, or as I really want to call him, pizza strips. Oh, because apparently the best pizza strips in Rhode Island come from Johnston. If you ever come down this way again, we, we got to get them. On a day that isn't Monday, because that bakery is closed on Monday. Oh, and Sean Corrali. Sean Corrali is my boy, the spicy version. Spicy flavor. The the, the alarmingly handsome flavor? (laughs) Spicy flavor. I would say caliente, (laughs) except that he's like, no, you don't call white dudes caliente, so sorry. And buffalo flavor doesn't work because he's from Ohio. So, you know. Oh, what are they famous for? I don't even know. It's, it's Ohio. It, it's, it's less interesting than Kansas. That's you know, me starting to start to flex my muscles. I'm gonna need that. I'm gonna need Ohio jokes in the immediate future, aren't I? So, you know, let me get into it. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. All right. So I just wanted to, I wanted to differentiate so that we know. So now maybe I'm gonna have to like come up with some stuff and and put that on Twitter or something. I don't know. But anyway, Jake DeBrus got in on the scoring. He needed to. 
And uh, if I remember that play, I didn't look at that play again, but that was a that was a Creechy depressed special. Oh yeah, it's always good to get Creechy in on the action. Who had an amazing series? He did. He did. He and Charlie Coyle definitely had a good series or amazing series. Is that middle six centers, both of them being our best players all series, not non Tukarask category? Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's good because you know what. They pretty much negated our, our top line through most of the playoffs. So so then in third, we had Matthews get a goal. It makes me sad when Matthews gets a goal because I he just looks like a douchebag. Oh, God, did you see those tweets of what he was wearing yesterday when he was approaching the, uh, approaching the garden? Man, it, it was navy blue track pants, a navy blue golf shirt under a navy blue blazer, Wearing a strangely royal blue beanie. Why is this special? Is that's track pants, a blazer, and a golf shirt. All the exact same, say same monotone. This was not an outfit. This was like a Frankenstein. This was just like four or five random clothing items. This sounds like, oh my god, it's laundry day. I have nothing to wear. Let me see if I can pull something out of the pile. Oh, wait a minute. I've got a business meeting. I've got it. So let me put the blazer on. He was in Boston, so he had to deliberately pack those things. <laughs> this is something I can wear. <laughs> Do you remember the, the, um, uh, the crack addict character from the Dave Chappelle show? Yep. It was like that, except all navy blue. <laughs> you know, his wardrobe decision was—it uh, was—it was a decision he could make. You know what? I think I know we're not there yet. I think the reason he played so few minutes in Game Seven was because because Babcock was punishing him for wearing that. With the jacket, with the blazer, and then like all the other random garb it was kind of like the mullet of like. <laughs> Outfits. It was like, like, for suit up top and party up down below. <laughs> it, was, it was the, the wardrobe version of an El Camino that every body panel's a different color. Oh God, a blue, a blue, a different, just a different shade of blue with a different degrees of rusting. <laughs> and like to top it off, you wore loafers with it too. <laughs> Like, oh, like, uh, what loafers, is this? The only, footwear, the, the, the only men's footwear more awful than boat shoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, what is going on right now with this outfit? <laughs> uh, he's what, 21? <laughs> yeah. You know, it reminds me of this time when I was at the... Uh, American Museum of Natural History. Is that what it's called? The one in New York? It's the one that, that Neil deGrasse Tyson works at. But anyway, I was in one of the main halls, the dinosaur halls, right? They have some fantastic things to see there. And there was a little girl who was wearing what looked like it was like an aerial nightgown. You know, Ariel the, the, the Little Mermaid. And she was wearing sparkle tights. And she was wearing jellies. And there was something else that I, I can't remember what it was. None of these colors went together. It was fantastic. And my friend leaned into me and she goes, that girl woke up this morning and said, no, mommy, I can get dressed all by myself. 
that's what Austin Matthews did. He said, no, Mitch Marner, I can get dressed all by myself. And then realized he like hadn't actually put anything in his suitcase and had to go shopping in the uh, lost and found at the local li- <laughs> in the lost and found at the library. <laughs> oh, so terrible! But anyway, wrapping up game six. <laughs> Marshy, one more goal. Marshy was like really fucking pumped up for that whole game. That look on his face—he had that look, that same look that he had when. When, uh, was it Zidane Chara scored or something and Charlie jumped on him and, and he had that, you know, <laughs> he had that whole look every, every time he scored in that game. It was fantastic. I mean, it was just like, he like, yeah, we fucking did it. But it was like, um, he looks like he's crying <laughs> and really upset from the distance. Woo-hoo! And, and the important thing about Marshy's goal, it was an empty netter scored from the red line. <laughs> Seconds after... Anderson left the the. He's um, <laughs> like, oh, yo, you guys are pulling the goalie, huh? Nah. <laughs> yeah, I, I Chara made a a good little pass to get it out of the zone, and Marshy just went up, and he he was fighting off two people, I think, and two players, and boom, right in the net. So it was beautiful. Game six, outright win, but it was ah, oh, it was such a nail biter one. They were hemmed in their zone there in the end, but woo, four to two. Then last night. Game seven. (sighs) Now, I want to say uh, thank you to everybody who voted in our poll. There were a huge amount of votes. And we're like, yeah, holy shit. eh? Like, yeah, 350 almost. There was more votes that we had than than the the account has followers. Well, uh, I think that was thanks to Mark Alred for sharing and lots of other people for sharing the post. So Bruins fans really voted and showed their optimism because the majority of them uh, at one point, it was 69%, but it was over 70% who said they would win games six and seven. And they were all correct, by the way. It wasn't just me. It was all of them, too. You and your 400 bot accounts, I know. What? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for being way more positive when I could not be. That's all I have to say. And um, thank you all for thinking really hard in the case of this, knowing that if this team went to a game seven against the Leafs, they were winning. Of course they were. Why did I think otherwise? Hey, um, by the way, today I got my snow tires taken off my car because it's spring because the Leafs are out. (laughs) That's not a lie. (laughs) (laughs) The Bruins dominated that game last night there was not a moment that they weren't winning that game no there was there was the first half of the first where they were well i guess they came out had some good shots and then did nothing for like 10 minutes and then scored two goals very quickly so yes yes okay so there were moments in the game it wasn't just the second period it's just the second period is the one that jumps out at me because it reminded me of remember period 1b Remember when we used to have to tell oh. the Bruins, it's not second period, it's not period two, it's it's 1B, because it's still the first. Keep playing like you did in the first, Bruins. That kind of thing. But That's what it reminded me of. Then Rask was so in the zone. Like, even after a bit of being held in, I'm like, no, he's, holy shit, Tuka's got this. Like, he made some spectacular saves, and with all the crazy saves that he made, not once... Was I like, holy shit, that's going to go in. It's like he commanded the crease. 
he was so good. I, I, I was really impressed with how how well he played, and I really hope he gets on one of his runs, one of those w- runs where, like when they have the giant point streak, where it's like a 12, 15, 20-game stretch where he's just lights out. Because if that happens, watch out the rest of the NHL. I mean, if it goes like that, it's literally impossible for it to be more than, you know, 12 more games. Yeah, he could be a Conn Smythe winner if that's the case. Yeah. Because he's the most valuable player. Well, that's just it. And I don't think, and don't know of anyone else on the Bruins has really uh, earned themselves to have themselves being early candidates yet either, right? Carl, you know, Coyle and Krejci and, and Carlo have all been outstanding. But Yeah, Brandon Carlo is never going to get that kind of recognition. But you know what? He doesn't need to. He's in his first playoffs, baby. And they just won their first series. And largely because he's been awesome. I want to say something about Carlo too. I wouldn't be surprised if he scores a goal or two the next series, just because I feel like not only has his defense been really good, his shots have been more accurate, like actually hitting like the net. Like I feel like a lot of his shots early on in the year, middle of the year, kind of they were wide, they were kind of all over the place, but I feel like he's hitting the net more often. I want him to develop a shot that people become afraid of. I want him, hi Tuka. I want him to really, like, wind up on that shot and make it, like, a hardest shot, fastest shot kind of thing. Like, be afraid of his shot like you are Zidane Charas. That's what I want for Brandon Carlo. That's not this season. He can work on that over the summer. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Carlo definitely can get the puck out of the zone, and he can definitely take shots on goal. I just don't want him pinching really deep. That's all. Take it from the blue line. That's good. Okay. So... In the first period last night, after that period that that malaise the the Bruins went through, you know what? The Swedish House Mafia—that's what I'm dubbing them. They're not on the same line, nope. But they they both scored in the first period, and they're both Swedish, so I'm calling them Swedish House Mafia. Nordstrom, fucking Nordstrom. Yeah, like he had three points in six games this series, just. Right, <laughs> multiple goals. Yes, the other one was a empty netter, but but this goal was so weird. Got to where it needed to be. It was unexpected. It was a fourth line goal. Yeah, a fourth line goal from Joachim Nordstrom. His his explanation of the goal was hilarious too, because we talked about shooting first. So I looked to pass. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> so he's like, yeah. I looked to pass. No one was there, so I shot it. And good for you, Yoka. Uh, I mean, Joachim. The faces of meth version of Danton, Heinen, Nordstrom. Oh, yeah. that's mean. That's mean. I'm not wrong. No, you, you are wrong. I don't. I don't get that. No, they're mean. Mean Jeff. <laughs> I have not what he was playing. Just like he, he looks like uh, Heinen, go, Heinen going through a really rough stretch of life. That's all. <laughs> he does to me anyway. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> He's got a. He looks a little too thin. I, I get it, and yeah. a little straggly. But the other part of Swedish House Mafia, the guy that we talked shit about last week, and you know what? If it gets results, we need to talk more shit about players, Marcus. Fucking Johansson. Really nice goal, too. He, uh, whenever I hear 
people call him Mojo too. For some reason, the thing that pops into my head is the song Bad Moon Rising. And I just want to say, sing it in my head for some reason. I have no idea why, but I'm just happy that he scored. I really am. Yeah, I mean, if I were thinking about Mojo, I would immediately think of The Doors. And I think it was L.A. Woman. Yep. With Mr. Mojo Rising, which is just... Rising, which is just Jim Morrison. It's an anagram for his own goddamn name. God, Jim Morrison's the most... It's the the most, like, revered hack of all time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not not a fan. I'm just saying that's what I would think of. But that's okay. Tim, you make your own associations. I'm glad you made a, a, a music association... I, I find um, that the the music and the peppy tone of Bad Moon Rising by uh, CCR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I find that to be so bizarre and discordant. Um, I much prefer the Rasputina version, which is all full of cellos and foreboding. You said Rasputina, and now I have Boney. I'm stuck in my head. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> That's not what I meant to do. But, you know... Yes, so um, Marcus Johansson made, made it 2-0 to zero last night. Amazing. In the first period, the Bruins. Like, in typical Game 7s, they like to, oh, go down by some goals or kind of claw their way back. Yeah, see, this was, this was different. Rather than a rally like the other two Game 7s against Toronto, they just dismantled them. Yep, they just yeah. said, time for us to win now. Let's do it. no no you guys aren't going to do things this game we're sorry except we're not they did do one thing this game they did John Tavares scored his second goal of the series assisted by John Moore yes there we go that was what I was waiting for (laughs) so many tweets after that it was just like my timeline was can we have less of John Moore no really limit his time no I don't want to see him again I mean, mine, mine was actually quite a bit later. He didn't get better after this. I'm just like, why is John Moore? Yeah. Why? <laughs> I was really like, what is, how is, when is? <laughs> but I what didn't put any John Moore? Oh, please, no, I don't want any name. <laughs> Interestingly enough, Bruins had no power plays last night. It was a different refing crew. We had Wes McCauley and other people. So the Leafs got two power play opportunities and did jack shit with him. One of them was the phantom cross-checking on Carlo in the second period. Yeah, what, 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 what? Oh, that was bad. They were letting a decent amount go this game, obviously, when you only have two penalties called in the game. To call that, I was just like, oh my god. Well, that's because in the first period, it was just nothing but icing. It was like icing, like... Icing was an offside. Well, I at least went offside like six times yesterday. <laughs> I, it's, it's like they, you know, like traded for Blake Wheeler after game six. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> An entire team of wheelers. I mean, the, the first period was only 19 minutes and 53 seconds because the face-off went off and then they called it back and redid it. <laughs> I thought they were going to call like Chara offsides or something and, and make them take a face-off in the defensive zone that the puck was never in. Oh. I mean, that was the first period. It was kind of a, a mess uh, in that way. But, you know, I don't mind if you're not going to call every little thing. Just make sure that you don't call uh, uh, every little thing on both sides, 
right? Which is what they basically did last night. The cross-checking thing, that was bullshit. That was not a real penalty. And, like, too much man. Like, yeah, you, you got to call that one because then things shit. You do. Apparently, Bruce Cassidy said that the fans were really rocking the house last night and things were a little too loud and there was a miscommunication. They couldn't hear him yelling. So he's going to have to yell louder, is what he said. So that's okay. That penalty, you have to call it. You know, the cross-checking thing, that was bullshit. But whatever, didn't matter. It, you know, I'm not going to sit here and complain about this for too much because it didn't really do anything. It's okay. So, yes, the third period. Oh, my God. Oh, the third. Oh, my God. They just took the game and said, nope. You know, that 2-1 uh, scoreboard, you know, that, that stat line there? Yeah, you're not coming any closer to us. We are going to win this game. Oh, yeah. Corrali. Just, just, just Corrali. And that, that Corrali goal was great. It, it was everything that Corrali is. Yep. Speed and tenacity. Speed, tenacity. Even when he's got the puck, he's like, no, I'm not going to go around you. I'm just going to go through you. I'm not. <laughs> and then just, yeah, it was just beautiful. And then just what popped it right over, um, uh, right over um, uh, his, over um, uh, for Anderson's le- left shoulder, like immediately, just like a couple inches. <laughs> <laughs> it was beautiful. So happy. And we got a corral leap. Which oh. it was nice to see again. It was. It was. What was that? Can't plan for Sean Corrali. You can't just... plan for him. It used to be you couldn't plan for Jake DeBrusque, but now you, you can't plan for Sean Corrali. Honestly, I'd forgotten that we were talking about DeBrusque when you said can't plan. I thought I, my memory was Corrali. That's why I tweeted that yesterday. Oh. That's okay. You know what? Somebody else can take that mantle. It's okay. It, it's a funnier thing to say about a fourth liner, so I think we'll go with that. Okay, that's cool. I mean, it doesn't have to be the same thing all the time. Sean Corrali, he needed that goal. And what did I say? I said we really needed Sean Corrali. I don't know if I said it here. I've said it everywhere. Oh, It's so true, though, because, like, the Bruins direly needed to be able to roll four lines, to be able to get both middle six lines away from from both Tavares and Matthews. Yep. And, well, Nylander and Guy Gautier. We're just not up to the challenge of, uh, of, of Krejci and Coyle come the end. <laughs> <laughs> and Guy. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Gautier, uh, he's insert, close. Uh, insert barely relevant Toronto fourth liner here. <laughs> I remember Glenn just going, oh, that's how we're spelling it now? Like, <laughs> 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 Yeah, I mean, you can spell it that way in French, you know. Then Coyle. Oh, Raymond's Coyle. own Coyle. Charlie Coyle. I don't remember very much about the goal other than it was beautiful. It was, it was, it was empty net. It was, it was the first empty netter. Oh, that's right. It was the first empty netter. And, like, the rest of the team sort of stalled and hung up when they were entering the zone and then bombed and dropped it to him. Ever Anyone else could have put it in. <laughs> Basically, it's like Charlie Coyle deserves this empty netter. Because he's been so good. Right. Give him an empty And one And Patrice Bergeron did the first thing I've ever been disappointed in him for, even though it was technically a good thing. Uh-huh. We should have been allowed. He should have let the team end that, end that game 4-1. Oh. oh. 
that would have been funny, but I think it's fucking hilarious that with a second left, he's like, no, screw you. Here's another goal. <laughs> I feel like that was the best. I feel like he was like, he, he made a decision, but he turned around and he just put it in. <laughs> it's like, no, no. The world doesn't deserve it. Doesn't deserve this meme turned upside in this way. <laughs> Five one. <laughs> so, so the Bruins showed some mercy yesterday and just saying, "No, fuck you. We're just going to lead the whole game." Yes. Yeah, they yeah. did. Just not having any of that shit. Those shots in the the you know in front of the Maple Leafs Scotia Bank Canadian Tire Air Canada Center wherever it is. To seeing all those fans there and then to see them disperse after the third goal. Oh, and then the coil goal, too. Like, once that empty netter went in, it was just like, ooh, nope, life is over. We're done. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel sad because those fans have been fucking shit all series. The the minute that I lost any empathy and compassion for Leafs fans was when they, they taunted Tuca when he was knocked for a loop. I'm just saying they chanted his name and that really pissed me off because it's like, you know what? When somebody goes down injured, you don't do that. You know, quiet. Fuck. Really? Come on, guys. Right. I remember the first football game I ever went to. It was pretty late in my life, but the first football game I ever went to um, one of the offensive linemen for the Ravens. And I didn't like the Ravens, but uh, one of their offensive linemen had like a, he, sustained a neck injury and we had to wait for 20 minutes before they could figure out how to get him out of there safely right to figure out they could determine what was going on with him what he could feel get him on the stretcher get him out of the stadium and everything we had to wait a very long time and you know what you do what you do one you don't taunt them or their fans and two the minute they get him to you know, onto the stretcher and he's getting off the field, you clap. That's the shit you do as a fan. That is classy. That's what you do. So Maple Leafs fans, I don't give a fuck what they think anymore. You know, I will bathe in their tears. Like Tuca drank them all up in his Gatorade bottle last night. I like how Bergie just had no, no, no time for there. Oh, that was precious. Oh, their tears. Oh, Dave Portnoy of Barstool asked Bergie how he felt, if he felt bad for Toronto, uh, the players or the fans for beating them once again in a game seven. And he's like, what? (laughs) He's like, what? No. (laughs) He's like, I'm quite quite proud of it, really. Quite like cold-hearted but i loved it because it's like no i mean imagine if you had like if you had dicky players like constantly taking swipes at you had a guy who coached you in the olympics constantly complaining to the league and getting you kicked out of the face-off dot okay doing stuff that he probably encouraged you to do when any opportunity he, he had you on his bench yeah yeah why would you have any sympathy or empathy or anything for them fuck them and in a much more fundamental level again uh as a uh, says he grew up he grew up in quebec he's a nords fan no one knows pain quite like nords fans 
Mm. You watch your team tank out, pick first overall three times in the late 80s into the early 90s. The third of those picks, Eric Lindros refuses to be refuses to be a member of your team for an entire year until you finally figure out how to solve this. And um, then your team moves. Mm. And then the next year it uh, wins the cup for its new city with its new name. Oh, the Avs. No one. The year after you moved, no one in sports knows pain quite like quite like like former Nords fans, in my opinion. You could also say that longtime Bruins fans before 2011 felt that pain too when Ray Bork went to that Avs team. Their second, but yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just saying there's a shared there's a shared sadness. There's a there's a Venn diagram of this sadness. We're, we're, we're fellow travelers. Their sadness cannot be com- the sadness for Bruins fans there can't be compared. But they're fellow travelers on this crew uh, on this ship for sure. <laughs> well, I love that Bergie is like no, I'm I'm quite happy to be playing for the Bruins. There you go, because the Bruins have had far more success than the Toronto Maple Leafs have had in the last fifty years. Uh, yep. Yep. So that's all you need to say about that. I'm done talking about this series. Yep. Fuck you, Toronto. I'm moving on. All right. So there's a couple of pieces of news. One, let me just get this one out of the way. Before game four of this series that I no longer want to talk about, Brad Marchand sacrificed a stick in the hallway. Just beat it the crap up before he started beating on his fellow players and, and getting ramped up. And now that's a new thing. So that was the turning of this series, basically. Brad Marsh and sacrificing the stick. But Jeff wanted to talk about a couple of things about prospects or maybe former prospects now. <laughs> so so there, was, there was a few, there was... Well, in three different pieces of prospect news last week, actually. Okay. Start with the nice one, and then the, the good one, of course. I'm, uh, well, Jack Studnicka's uh, Oshawa. Ja- um, no, he's not Oshawa. He's he, he, Oshawa's the team that won. Jack Studnicka's um, uh, Niagara Ice Dogs lost to um, uh, Kyle Kaiser's um, uh, um, Oshawa Generals. Generals, thank you. Um, in in the OHL playoffs, and uh, Jack Studnicka uh, reported to Providence. Yep, and uh, apparently yes. had a very good first game of the uh, so nice. And uh, he scored in game two. He had himself a week. He did. I mean, it would have been nicer for him if they won, but Kyle Kaiser is apparently um uh, just letting nothing in ever again in uh, in Oshawa. So that's cool. This bodes well for us. It does. He's going to prove to be a really sna- a really great grab, considering you know they didn't um, have to use a draft pick for him. He was uh, undrafted. Nice. Now for the less great uh, prospect news. So first that came out would have been what I don't know maybe last Tuesday ish or something like that midweek. Um, uh, came out that uh, the Bruins had placed uh, Jesse Gabriel on unconditional waivers for the termination of his contract. Yeah, so um, uh, of course no one claimed him because why would a guy who's underperforming in the ECHL be be, be claimed on conditional waivers to the low, for the low low cost of one hundred and twenty five dollars? Oof, that's painful. 
Yeah. So um, uh, nope, he's uh, he's gone now. Which uh, anyone that's been following his uh, post main uh, his post um, uh, main run WHL career, which of course you know his last two years in WHL after drafted very very well. It was talked that he was the dark horse for making fourth line left wing going into last season. He did not, and um, fairly soon after, got sent that back to the WHL for his for his overage season, which uh, is hard, is incredibly rare for a drafted player because teams want their drafted players working in their coaching system, working with their trainers in the NHL. So that's not a good sign. And then this year, he got sent down to the ECHL, down to Atlanta, down to the Atlanta Gladiators, and uh, was decided they didn't. Um, uh, he, he wasn't welcome there anymore either, and uh, got uh, reassigned to uh, Wichita. I don't know what are they Thunder or something. It's, I don't know. I think so. Kansas, whatever, and didn't do so well there. So this is not unsurprising, and it's a real shame because uh, Gabriel seemed uh, pretty promising after you know he put up a shit ton of goals in his draft plus one season. But it's the fucking way she goes. He was a fourth rounder. Oh well. When you're sent to Kansas, you might as well just, like, be done with it at that point. Like, they said I forgot about the part he wasn't even invited to camp this year. Right. Yeah, I'd forgotten during this entire field, though. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Remember there were rumors about a uh, a prospect who had a Fortnite or video game obsession. Do you yes, think... Uh, do you think... That he could have been that player. It's speculation. It's purely speculation. Just, just to back up for a second, listeners, of course, this was uh, Jeff Merrick that had, uh, I don't remember, was tweeted or said it on the Merrick or on a podcast that there was a player of a big market team, highly considered, in the, that who, who was never going to make it as a pro because they had a video, uh, uh, a, a video game addiction. So, you know, I've been kind of thinking for a few months that that's a possibility. Okay. Like, at the time, everyone thought it was um, uh, um, Vancouver Canucks prospect Ole Gilevy. People right away thought that, but now I'm just, like, I'm wondering. And apparently, you know, you hear snippets of other things. Um, uh, at Bruins Network uh, tweeted that, like, he, you know, he, he was in, in the press box in Providence, and Gabriel wouldn't even be watching the game. He'd be there, but just not paying attention. Oh, Part of being in the press box is to pay attention to the game so you can learn why you're not in the game. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it sounds like Gabriel had just an impossibly bad attitude. Oh, man. Well, then I guess we're better off. Mm-hmm. The other bit of prospect news is, of course, um, uh, Jack Studnicka's uh, teammate, Dan- Daniel Bukash. Daniel Bukash! Uh, is not coming on. He's not joining uh, Providence either on a um, uh, ATO or or or, or signed. Uh, Gosh, of course, was drafted in the seventh round in 2017, and because he plays in the OHL, Bruins have to sign him by June 1st, or his rights go back. I've talked about this previously on the show. Yeah. Um, apparently, he's. I don't remember the exact quote. Was it? But was they basically. He's in, he's in no. He, they're having trouble trouble getting him to sign, which seems like an odd thing for an underperforming prospect to be the one to sign a contract. Yeah, so, they should usually jump at that. Yeah, because like especially that was, a team that's like playoff in the playoffs. Like, I mean, you would want to play for an organization that's got a chance to win. You would think. 
But anyway, so um, I kind of called it actually that there was he, that he was still unsigned this late. That there was at least good chance, particularly for Bukash, that he would go back to the back that, that they'd lose his rights. And it sounds like that's probably likely. Oh well. Seventh rounder. Exactly. Yeah. And we'll wait and see. I mean, you know, I remember at the same time I pointed out that Cedric Perez is in a similar position. The only difference is as um, is he Drummond? Is he Drummondville? Yeah, the only thing is the Voltagers are still in the Q playoffs, so um, I think he's the Volts. doesn't really matter, does it? Yes. Anyway, his team is still in the playoffs at present. Currently playing my local Halifax Moosehead, so I think game four is on now-ish. <laughs> Whatever. But you're here with us talking uh, about the Bruins. Well, I'm here with you, and like... I'm not a Mooseheads fan. I go because it's the only the only hockey I'm gonna see nearby. Oh wow, okay, he's Ramuski, not not the Bolts. My bad. He's the Ramuski Oceanic. Oceanic. Yeah. Anyway, place for Ramuski. Okay. <laughs> you know how I am. I am linguistically pedantic. <laughs> yeah, <don't worry> <laughs> I cut you off. On the, that's why I cut you off on the at the pass on that one and called myself out. <laughs> No, I, I like this new little nickname. <laughs> it's accurate. It's fine. Why have something offend you when you can take it on as your own? There. <laughs> ah, all right. Well, we'll see what happens with Cedric Paré uh, and uh, Daniel Bukash. I love saying his name. That's the only thing I'm sad about. I mean, it's a lot better than the fact that someone doesn't take the time to think about how they pronounce their first things would be like, Daniel Bukak? You mean like Bukaki? Oh, God, gross. So gross. I'll say, like, it's probably for the best that he doesn't make the league. Probably, probably, because everybody's going to mangle his name. All right, that's fine. Whatever. Sorry, it's too bad. It's not just the mangling his name. It's, it's like people calling him Bukaki's low-hanging fruit. Oh, God, so gross. Let's not do that. No. All right, guys, we are on to Columbus. By the way, I forgot to mention this. I'm still not really talking about this series. I don't want to talk about last night's banner flag captain, Julian, Julian Edelman. Edelman, who pounded a beer in the middle of things. Man, he's just still celebrating. He's just celebrating. And like, even like, like Cassidy was saying, it's like, yeah, that was pretty great. <laughs> I mean, he's not Gronk, but you know that's okay. I'm hoping that Tom Brady at some point is going to come wave the banner, maybe in the final, maybe because he's excited. He's getting all excited. He's on the Instagram and the Twitter playing up the Bruins. You know, you know his son is into playing uh, hockey. By the way, yeah, I think I'm not sure if it's his middle son or his oldest son, but one of his sons plays hockey. So this is cool. This is cool. You know, um, we're on to Columbus. Now, the interesting thing about this series with Columbus, if you look at past meetings with the Bruins, all of our meetings against Columbus, okay, all of the ones that counted in the regular season were post-trade deadline. So we have seen this team. It's not, it's yes. not the, you know, the, the, the Leafs, we didn't see them after like, what, January? Or February, we didn't. Yeah, like yeah, we didn't see them after they got Muzzin, right? And Muzzin improved their blue line, but 
Not I mean, credit to them. They played a better defensive game than they have have all year this series. They did, yeah. but they had to use a lot of parts to do that. Yeah. So, um, which probably explains why they didn't score willy-nilly. Anyway, my... Uh, so, so my point with uh, Columbus is that we, uh, the Bruins saw them three times. They lost one of those. That was the first meeting uh, in March, March 12th. Uh, they lost that at Columbus. But the other two games, they won at both locations. So the Bruins are in good spot. And by the way, the Bruins have home ice advantage for as long as they go. Yep. They, are, they are now the highest ranked team left in the playoffs because... <laughs> Hawking? Bloodbath after bloodbath. There have only been two series in the end that went that have gone to their uh, to, to the higher seed, and they were both in, ended last night in Game Seven. Wow, that's crazy. It's... Incidentally, San Jose Sharks. Holy shit, that's a nice comeback coming back from three zero. Well, they had a five minute major. So well, yes, but still, they scored four times on that five minute major. I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> They capitalized on the five-minute major in a major well, way. Is after something like that, a finish in uh, Game 7, the last time the Bruins made a finals run, that's exactly how we opened it up. So we'll see what happens with the Sharks, but uh, they're going to get some momentum off that. <laughs> well, um, I did pick them in my bracket to go from the West, and I said months ago that I had a feeling about them, so we'll see. We'll see. Okay, so... Yes, so the first game of Columbus is tomorrow. tomorrow. It's Thursday at 7 p.m. on NBCSN, PDQ, OMG, WTF, BBQ. Hopefully Brian Boucher is between the glass. Yes. Yes. I can't stand Pierre. And hopefully now that, he know, now that there's no, you know... Local broadcast games to for him to call for the uh, for, for the Golden Knights anymore. Get Dave Gosher to call all the Bruins games for the playoffs. <gasps> oh my God! Get Dave Gosher and Brian Boucher, and it's gonna be all Rhode Island again. Oh my God! Oh, I don't know if I can take it. And there'll be a player on the ice from Rhode Island too. Oh my God! <gasps> Rhode Island forever. <laughs> oh my god, that is so exciting! I would love to. I love Dave Gosher's calls. He's got such enthusiasm without the necessary or unnecessary homerism. But he's from Rhode Island, so come on, yes, let's do it. Oh my yes. god, that would be great. So, what do we think about this series? What do we think about this? It's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a fun series. So, so here's the thing: these these are very similar teams, right? Mm-hmm. Um, deceptively skilled, but a lot of cra- a lot of crash and bang. Yep. I suspect it's near certainty we see at least Backus, if not both Backus and Wagner back in the lineup. Oh, I think they both go back in, yeah. I think, honestly, I would take Johansson out. I don't think he can take it. He just scored the Caesar series-winning goal, but yeah, you have a point. <laughs> I'm not going to be like Mike Melbury and call him soft as marshmallows, but I'm going to say that... Uh, Marcus Johansson missed significant games with the Bruins because he tried to make a big hit and he got hurt. This is, may not be his series. Maybe put him in some games, see how it's going. But I'm just saying, I I worry for his health. Yeah, I think this is the perfect series to have Bacchus back, honestly. Well, just yeah, because... I'm looking at the depth charts for them right now. And uh, for game four, they only iced three forwards that were 
under six foot. Now, mind you, those three forwards happen to be Duchesne, Panarin, and Cam Atkinson. So, anyway, fucking is all their all of their other twelve forwards were were, were six footer. Over. Cam Atkinson is dangerous. A couple of years ago, there was, remember there's rumors the Bros were looking at Cam Atkinson, and it's a shame that they didn't do that. Anyway, yeah, he's yeah he's a dangerous player. I, I I don't for one minute think this is a cakewalk. No, this is this is it's going to be a very different series than we just came from. I think it's going to be fun to watch. I, I have I have no animus against that team. Okay, so that's no. that's fun. It's it, it, for me. It's it, I don't have to hate the other team. I like players on the other team. You know, I love Seth Jones. I don't want to see anything bad happen to him, but I also want to see him lose. Old friend Riley Nash is on the other side of the ice here. Too, All right? right, so it's like, and I actually like torts. So now I know they're not dressing them for most games, but um, they did also trade for Adam McQuaid at the deadline. Old oh, friend that's Adam right. McQuaid. He's injured right now, anyway, which is uh, <laughs> because, of course, he is. Because he's above all else, he is Adam McQuaid. McQuaid. Yep, yep, that's okay. You know, we'll see him for the press box. They'll they'll say, "Oh, this is his old team." You know how they do that stuff, right? Oh, yeah, of course. I think it's going to be a six game, six or seven game series, but I also think the Bruins match up better with Columbus than they did with Toronto. So the, the, their head-to-head series, season series was all over the road, right? Like, like I think every game, one team or the other blew the other out, basically. Uh, the first game was 7-4. Columbus won that one. The second one was 2-1 in overtime. Boston won that. And then the uh, third game was 6-2. Boston blew them out, yeah. So two okay. of them were blowouts. Basically. Two blowouts and then, a cl- and, then, and then a close game with the Boston win. Yeah. And I think the so- close game, Halak was in net. Yeah, I didn't look at the specifics on that. But I think they will match up pretty closely. I think it should be a fun series. I don't have any great insight into things right now because my mind's just not there yet. It's I wish that they had pushed the game off. I, I'm more upset that I don't get the time off between series at the team than, the, than, the, than that the team doesn't. <laughs> yeah, me too, because I'm like, I need... I, I need a couple of days to think about this, and I don't have a couple of days to think about this. Now, mind you, we don't know how long we got to think about Game 2, because Games 2 through 4 aren't scheduled yet. I'm worried about that, because I'm seeing Avengers on Sunday night. So please, make it Saturday that they play. Seems fair. Yeah, yeah, because I want to see Avengers, you know? I, I bought the tickets, I want to go. So, yeah, I, I hope that the next game's on Saturday. It would be great to have a matinee. This is the time I want a matinee. And not that 3 o'clock crap or 5 o'clock. Give me a 1 o'clock matinee on Saturday. I'm in Atlantic time, so there's no such thing as a real matinee for me. It's kind of sad. Well, but it's still better than, like, the 3 o'clock shit makes it 4 o'clock for you. I think it could go 6 or 7 games. Let me think. I'm going to go on a line. I'm going to say 6 games, and I think Boston wins. So... I'm going to talk some scenarios that I think that are the two plausible scenarios, and then I'll pick one for my bet. Okay. So the way I see it, the series falls into two categories. On the one hand, Jackets in four or five. Mm-hmm. If the Bruins, depending on how and on how underlying ground up the Bruins are after that Toronto series. or But if it goes to six or seven, I think it's Boston. Okay. Basically, I don't think Boston ends this quickly, and I, and I think Boston takes a long series. That's okay. all. So that's why those things are based on how long I expect the series to go. So I'm going to say Boston in six. All right, Tim. Yeah, I I think it's going to go at least six. 
I do think Boston wins the series just because I think the matchup is better. I think they match up a lot better than they did with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I feel like the way everything has worked out this playoffs, they, they beat the Leafs in seven. The number one seed out West is out. Tampa Bay is out. It just feels like everything is falling their way right now. And, and also, to be fair, we don't know for sure if the, um, uh, the Caps are advancing. And yes, the Bruins beat the Caps this year once. <laughs> but that was one hell of a victory. Oh, it was. It was super. But Braden Hope is a very good playoff goaltender. Oh, no. Hey, it's okay. The Canes are going to beat them tonight anyway. Because the Canes are entirely too plucky to go out. <laughs> Jeff, I don't want to think about the Capitals right now. I just want to think about this series. I'm going to go one series at a time, please. One. Okay, that's that's fair. Okay. Uh, I, you know what? I do want, I want the chaos to reign. And I want the Hurricanes to win, even though I can't stand them. But I would also love to see people wipe the smile off Dougie Hamilton's face because he didn't want to be on the Bruins anymore. Yeah, fuck that guy. Thank you. Fuck him. I might cry. It was that was a beautiful moment. Anyway, all right. So Tim, what do you what do you say? Six or seven? I say six. I think it goes six, and I think the Bruins win. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. I think. Again, I think the Bruins win the first two, lose the next two, and then win the last two. I really think that's what's going to happen. Okay. Win at home, lose in Columbus, and then just get shit done. Gotcha. Yeah, basically. Yeah, you guys copied me. (laughs) I should never have gone first. I mean, I clearly put a lot of thought into this, because like, I thought out plausible scenarios and why and whatnot. So, like, yeah, I had six figured out sometime this morning. (laughs) I have belief I just believe, believe in them. That's that's all. And I've not been like that all season, but I'm here for it now. Let's go. Let's do it. Tuca, stand on your head. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. And I think coincidentally, the only series I got right in my bracket so far, like right down to the number of games and stuff, I think it was Boston. Same. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that one, it was just like, oh, it's no brainer. It's, it's the Bruins in seven. It's kind of like, you know, the sky is up. <laughs> <laughs> Bergeron's no- nominated for the Selkie. <laughs> Water is wet. Uh, and the other certainties of life are death and taxes. So. <laughs> you know, there's one other certainty, and it's, you know, hags writing trash about Tuka Rask. Oh my god. Ugh. Go fuck off hags. Suck it, hags. Was it last night's or was it or was it Sunday's that he was like, Oh, Rashka's having a history gruff games what? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because I took a screenshot of that. It was like Maddie Ports had something before where it's like Tuka's having himself a game. And then below it was like uh Matt Kalman going, What? When retweeting Hags saying, Oh, Tuka Rask looks shaky this period or whatever. I'm like is he watching the same game that I am? Because that's not what I'm seeing at all. I mean, there's a reason that, that, that Marsha and, you know, talked about him always being at the snack bar. <laughs> oh, oh, speaking of that, before or in the middle of this series, Hags was on the radio at uh, here in, in, in Maine on the sports talk radio, on the morning show here locally, talking to the guys. And they asked about that. And he, Hags wrote it as two guys who uh, respect each other, just giving each other jabs, and we're friends, we're buddy-buddy, and no. stuff like that. 
And I was like, no, Hags, he actually hates you. What are you doing? <laughs> it's like, Hags, you tried to trade, you, you actively campaigned you tra- to trade him straight up for mar- one for one for Patrick Marlowe as recently as four years ago. Go fuck yourself. You know who has never suggested that we trade Marshy? Patrice and Sweeney. Pretty much everybody else in the world. but a lot of people who know things have never advocated for that so i just uh, i i can't i can't with hags right now i you know what i'm feeling so good let's not let's not drag this down guys come on sorry sorry yeah let's let's move on one thing i i do want to say fans all 18 of our brackets are fucked so much swearing (laughs) All of our brackets are really messed up. We have a second chance after the Capitals and Carolina game, which will happen before this episode goes out, but not too long before. Imminently. (laughs) Right. You can fix your brackets. We can all re-bracket and act like, you know, chaos, though it looms in the end, uh, in the universe because, you know, entropy happens and and whatnot and the void. Finds a way. Oh, my God. Oh, Jeff Goldblum. Okay, so chaos reigns, but uh, apparently everybody's brackets are screwed because of this, and we get to re-bracket. So I would suggest everybody do that before puck drop on the Bruins-Columbus game tomorrow night at 7, because I think that's, like, the first game of everything. Which is insane. It's like, aren't there series that have been set longer? Couldn't they start, like... Sooner? Like, okay, nope, St. Louis and Dallas only beat us by, like... No, it beat us by, like, two days. Yeah, St. Louis and Dallas should be playing. Yeah. That series set for ages. What the fuck? <laughs> Honestly, I'm okay with it. Get Keep rolling. Like... But I wanted a break for me. <laughs> oh, I mean, I get... Okay. Purely selfish okay. on our part. Like, yes, I'm, like... The, remember, remember, this series was straight up... Every other day, there was no two-day gap between games four and five, like there usually is. Like even the team, like the, the, the team and the fans, this is this is this is a bit much. Why are you doing this to us, league? <laughs> yeah. Well, if if uh, Carolina can pull it out today, they have two games in between two and three, or two days in between two and three, right? So. Well, we don't know. We don't know what the schedule is yet. Well, they've 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 posted what it's going to be either like what it's going to be if. If either team wins, they have like, like if I believe no, no, if this, 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 dude, the, the, the team website only has game one on it right now. The Bruins game website. I heard something team on the radio back. today. Oh, wow. I heard something on the radio today that no matter what game one is Thursday, game two is Saturday. And then after that. Nope. If Carolina wins that game, then game three is Tuesday. And if, the Capitals win, then game three is Monday. It's not on the team website. That's just what I think they, when they were on with Ty Anderson this morning, that's what they said. So that's why I, I thought it was that. So we're going to find out when the, the games are. Woo! Yay! All right. We can just go into our spiel. Fans, you've been listening to Barely on Topic. You can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you um, follow follow us, rate us, write a review, tell your friends, please. Want to talk to us? Reach to us on Twitter. That's uh, at Barely on Topic or on Facebook at Barely on Topic Podcast. 
And, of course, you can always talk to us on our individual Twitter accounts. I am at Dr. Hand Grenade. I am at Tim A. Richardson. There you go. Uh, and I am I'm at mybuyspicyflavor.com. Also known as at the FMRI. Tim? Word? Yes. 